Welcome back to Newsline Thursday. This is the Stuttering Sports Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Spencer. Um, today, we have a bunch of topics, and I would like to make it known that the power rankings, instead of being a separate episode on Wednesday, will always be a part of Newsline Thursday now. I figured that just makes the most sense. And uh, yeah, today we got a bunch of stuff to talk about, such as Carson Wentz, more, more of the NFC East, the NFL playoff picture, some Pittsburgh news and i got the power rankings thursday night football preview some ohio state news then a little bit of nba at the very end so that's the game plan without further ado let's get right into it with the philadelphia eagles making the decision to bench previously assumed their franchise quarterback carson wentz in favor of rookie second round pick jalen hurts i'm not here to talk about why they did it i'm here to talk about what this means for both carson wentz his his potential future and i'm here to talk about how i think the eagles will finish their season off so uh yeah let's start with carson wentz carson wentz is making a boatload of money he is making an insane amount his cap hit if released next season will be 60 million dollars so i think it's clear that he won't be on the team in two years. I expect him to be on the team next year because the cap hit is simply too large. But I think next season he will be on the team. But in two years, I think he will be out of Philly. And or potentially this offseason, he could be moved because there are teams that have aging quarterbacks that could use a younger guy that potentially think Carson Wentz is the answer. It's probably zero, but but one that does come to mind immediately is is the Indianapolis Colts because well Frank Reich, former former offensive coordinator for Carson Wentz and Philly when Carson Wentz was on that really good run, then he got injured, but that is a potential trade destination because the Eagles aren't going to get shit for Carson Wentz if they trade him. They're not going to get much. They'll probably take back a bad contract, just not as bad and something they could use. So, so like whatever, if a trade goes down for Carson Wentz, which I don't think will happen, but if one does, the Eagles will probably get like a sixth round pick plus a really bad player. I mean, like not a really bad player, but a really bad contract. Kind of like a David, kind of like a David Johnson type contract. Where David Johnson, he's a good football player, but he's making an insane amount of money that does not, it just doesn't match up. So the, so another trade destination that I had in mind was potentially the Pittsburgh Steelers this offseason, making a deal for Carson Wentz. Granted, I don't know how the money would match up. They probably wouldn't do it simply because of the money. Because I know Pittsburgh has a bunch of guys they got to pay here coming up soon, such as Bud Dupree this offseason and TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick all coming soon. So I don't think they would do it. But, but let's just say Ben is hinting at retirement um, this offseason. Let's say he plans on retiring after this season, which could very well be the case. Maybe bringing in Carson Wentz, maybe if Tomlin's high on him, maybe if uh, uh, Randy Finkner, the offensive coordinator, is high on him then that could be a potential trade destination. They wouldn't get shit for him, but, you know, just getting him off the books 
would be the best case scenario. It's kind of like Al Horford with the 76ers this offseason. If, if, if you can just get them off the books, then it's a success. That that's all that is. I mean, hell, like the, I mean, like uh, Philly might even have to attach a pick to 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 get him off the book. Maybe a second, potentially a third, to get him off the books. So Carson Wentz, he's in a very tricky spot because we've seen spurts where he's played really well, so such as such as the end of last season where he had no one to throw to, but yet he played pretty well. He was an MVP. He was an MVP candidate one season, but this season, he just has not been able to 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 get it done. I, and I also think that this is Doug Peterson because I don't know if he'll have a job um, come next season. But that I also think that this is a potential way for Doug Peterson to try to salvage his season and salvage his job. Now, can the season be salvaged with Jalen Hurts in at quarterback? Because quite frankly, Jalen Hurts looked pretty good versus Green Bay. He did not look bad. The stats may say, oh, five for 12, he threw a pick. But but I, but for his NFL start, he's already down. I think it was double digits. Actually, it was definitely double digits, a two, three possession game. Yeah, like of course he isn't gonna, he's not put to a very ideal spot. He's not gonna have a great game in his first um, like technical start. But, but let's look at the Eagles' schedule coming up. This week, in Jalen Hurts' first official start, they play the Saints, then the Cardinals, then the Cowboys, then Washington. Saints, very good defense. Cardinals, eh, Cowboys are really bad. Then Washington, very good defense. What Doug Peterson and this Philly offense needs to do is utilize their rushing game, and I think that's the direction that they're headed and I'm very happy about that because Miles Sanders was simply not being utilized. Like Miles Sanders is one of the few bright spots on this team. One of the only probably two bright spots on the offense. And they simply weren't utilizing him right. So hope, hopefully having Jalen Hurts to dump it off to Miles Sanders to, to, uh, to potentially do option plays with him. Hopefully that can help salvage this season. But but do I think this season is salvageable? No. You're already what? 3-8 and 1. Isn't that their record? Yeah. They are 3-8 and 1 right now. They are simply not looking good. I think this is Doug Peterson. I think he's either trying to save his job or, or he's building towards next season. Like if Philly's given him like the okay that you're staying. Then, then like this is definitely him trying to give Jalen Hurts some experience to start him next season. But you no, know, if Philly hasn't given him the okay that he's staying, then this is him trying to say, hey, I can use Jalen Hurts. I can, I can throw in this guy, and we're gonna work. We're gonna do good. But I don't think that will be the case. I, I don't think Jalen Hurts will play bad. I, I do expect him to have a rough game versus New Orleans because they have a really good pass rush. They have a very good just defense entirely. So, so, so I, so I don't think Jalen Hurts will be very good next week. But I mean, I'm rooting for him. I have nothing against Jalen Hurts. It was a very questionable draft pick, but it may end up working out. Who knows? He looked pretty good versus Green Bay, and I'm, I'm rooting for him. But what do I think will happen with Carson Wentz? I, you, you, you simply can't do anything with him this offseason unless a team 
like Pittsburgh, now without Big Ben, wants to trade for him. Or the Colts, now without Phillip Rivers, wants to trade for him. Maybe the Patriots, if they don't feel confident going into like the all-rush scheme that they're doing um, this season, if they don't feel confident doing that next season with with um, with a uh, Cam Newton, potentially they could get Carson Wentz. So there's a multi. So they're really hmm, there aren't that many options. I don't think that anything will happen, but there's a chance. I I don't like the idea that there's not a chance at all because only next season is guaranteed for his contract. So let's just say it's not working out. You could just cut him. You could <laughs> like. I mean, he can be a potential one-year, he can be a potential one one-year rental for a team, and I mean, he he can be utilized that way. But I do think he'll stay on the team next season. I don't think a team will will pick him up, and then after that, we'll see how Jalen Hurts does because there's simply too much, there are simply too many question marks from there. But yeah, def- Philly's in a very strange, strange situation. Moving on. Two, more, more NFC East. Who do I think is the current NFC East favorite? Because the Cowboys in Philly, they're they're out. They're out of it. But you have the Giants in Washington picking up huge wins last week with the Giants beating Seattle 17-12 and Washington beating the previously undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers 23-17. So who do I think is the favorite? Well, the Giants have swept the series. They 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 have already beaten Washington twice. Like that that has simply already happened. So so now Washington needs to win one more game than than the Giants. They need to have one game better. Yeah, yeah. So so let's look at the Giants schedule. Cardinals, Browns now flexed to primetime. Ravens and the Cowboys. There are three very losable games here. The Cardinals are not an easy out. Granted, the Cardinals have not been very good recently. The Browns are not an easy out. They are sent. I'm like they are nine and three, and they're built for winning low low scoring games, and that's what the Giants do too. The Ravens, the Ravens are an interesting one. I think they could potentially win that game, but but. But if Lamar Jackson gets hot, there's simply no way of stopping him. Cowboys, that's a win regardless. So, I think they have one guaranteed win. They they might beat the Browns, but th- but but the Giants do have a very very tough schedule. Seven and nine is probably the most likely because because I think they could most likely beat the Browns. I think that they are. The way the Giants and Browns both both win games are very low scoring games, except for the Browns' most recent win. But like they're more, but like they, excuse me, they are most used to 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 having low scoring wins, and I think it's a 50-50 shot. So I think the Giants do have a pretty good shot there. But let's look at Washington's schedule. They have the 49ers, Seattle, the Panthers, and Philly. I think they can win two of those games pretty easily. So, so the way I look at it is I think Washington is the better football team. I think their defense is better, and I think their offense does have a higher ceiling. I'm not saying their offense is is is, is 100% better, but I think they do have a higher ceiling. 
So, but, but, but they also have to win one more game than the Giants. I don't think Washington will win three games. I don't think they'll do it because I think the Giants will will pull off two wins to 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 finish off the season. I think they'll win two of the next four. And I also think Washington will will do the same. I think both of these teams finish the season seven and nine. Then it goes to then I think it goes to the Giants. But I do think Washington is the better team. More Giants news. Giants versus Browns has been moved to primetime, not this week, but next week. Swapping with the 49ers and Cowboys. Round of applause to the NFL. They finally started to, you know, flex more games to Sunday Night Football so we don't have to watch bad games on Sunday Night Football. I wish that this was more of a thing just like throughout the season. Like, I get you can't really switch Monday night because like that's a whole other day than the next week they have less and like next week they have one less day to prepare so you know i get that you can't really switch the monday night games but like i wish i'm very happy that the nfl did this but but i do wish that they would do this more often so we get to see the best games of the week on sunday night football that is the point of having sunday night football but you know, I, I guess not most of the time. So yeah, I'm. But but I am happy that the NFL did do this. It's about time we get to see more games that have playoff implications. Speaking of the playoffs, the 2020 NFL playoff picture right now is an interesting one. The playoff picture right now is a very, very interesting one. Right now, we do have some very good matchups within the AFC. Currently, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers sitting at number one with the first round by at 11-1. Then the three matchups from there go the Chiefs versus the Colts, the Bills versus the Dolphins, and the Titans versus the Browns. A rematch. So... I say if the playoffs finished off today, Colts Chiefs, I think it is a potentially very good game. Bills Dolphins, very good game. Browns Titans, hopefully a very good game. So, so I will say the AFC playoffs are looking very very good because I think they're almost fully defined now. Like unless they reach out to an eight man playoffs, the Raiders would have to beat the. the the Raiders would have to beat the Colts this week. Baltimore, I think, I think Baltimore will will be the odd man out. And the Patriots, unless they win out, I don't see them making it. It's quite simply, quite, quite simple as that. I don't see the Patriots making it. I don't see Baltimore or I don't see the Patriots winning it. I mean, excuse me, getting in. I could see the Raiders getting in. They're on a bit of a cold streak right now. I could see them getting in, but they'd have to beat the Colts. Now, will that happen? Potentially not. But I think the Raiders have a shot at getting in. But, but I mean, if 
But I mean, if the Raiders win, then if the if the Raiders win as well, then you got the Colts, Raiders, and Ravens all sitting at eight and five. Well, uh, now at this point, Baltimore beat Baltimore beat the Colts a few weeks back. They would have the tiebreaker. I mean, Vegas, Vegas in this hypothetical, excuse me, Vegas in this hypothetical situation just just beat the Colts. So then, so then they have the tiebreaker. This is a must-win for both the Colts and the Raiders because let's say if Tennessee loses this week, actually they're playing Jacksonville, so that won't happen. But let's just say they do lose this week, then the Colts they and the Colts jump into that fourth seed. I think both the Titans and the Colts need to win the division. I think they do because because the odd man out most 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 likely the Colts may not make the playoffs and that quite simply is that but I do think the playoffs is mostly defined now it just it just mostly depends on this week with the Colts versus Raiders game that's a huge game for playoff implications moving on to the NFC side of things we have the Saints sitting at the one seed currently sitting at 10 and 2 then the playoff picture Number two seed Packers would play the number seven seed Minnesota Vikings. Number three seed Rams would play the six seed Buccaneers. And four seed Giants would play the five seed Seahawks. Well, we see the Packers Vikings. The Vikings beat the Packers probably a month, a month, month and a half back. Rams Buccaneers. The Rams beat the Buccaneers on primetime a few weeks back. And then the Giants Seattle Seahawks. We just saw a fantastic game between the two where the Giants won. Now, 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 on the outside looking in, we do have the Cardinals also sitting at six and six. The Bears aren't getting in. The Lions aren't getting in. San Francisco's not getting in. So it really is the fight for the seventh seed between Minnesota and the Cardinals because I think Tampa, I think Tampa will remain. I think Seattle will remain, but Minnesota, Minnesota or Minnesota or Arizona. Then you also have Washington or the Giants, which which could go either way. I. I personally think Giants, as I just explained like two minutes ago, but but it still could go either way. Now, who do I think will get in between the Vikings and the Cardinals? It depends on what we see this week. It really does to me because the Cardinals, they are on a rough patch right now. I think they've lost three of the last four, if I'm not mistaken, potentially the last three. Like it's ever since the Hail Mary game, they have lost a few weeks back to back to back. The Vikings, they're on a little bit of a hot streak, kind of, kind of not. So who do I think will get in? It depends on this week. If we see the Cardinals go out and beat the Giants, then we see Minnesota versus Tampa, a huge game with playoffs implications. Let's just say Minnesota wins, then they have the tiebreaker over then they have the tiebreaker over Tampa to advance to the sixth seed. There are a lot of playoff implications this week between the Raiders and Colts and Minnesota, Tampa, and same with Giants Cardinals. There are a few games with a lot of playoff implications. Now, now at the end of the season, if 
if I had to bet on it right now, I'd say give me the Cardinals to make the playoffs. I, I, I do think they're an overall better team. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's talk about some injuries that Pittsburgh has sustained. Pittsburgh, I have not talked about their loss versus Washington. The reason they lost that game to me was one. I mean, obviously the offense was 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 very inconsistent, but I mean, they also played a great Washington defense, but still having, I think it was six, seven dropped balls. You can't get in in the red zone again. The second reason I think they lost was, well, they played a great Washington defense. Washington has a phenomenal defense. Then the other two reasons I think the undefeated season came to a close was, well, they played three games in what? 15 days, I think. I mean, they were going off no rest from the Baltimore game. They were tired. You, you could, you, you could see it on the field. Then the last reason I think they lost was because Robert Spillane and Joe Hayden got hurt. Robert, Robert, Robert Spillane is the only really coverage linebacker that Pittsburgh has left now that Devin Bush has been out for a while now. And I must say, Spillane has played great. Then also, Joe Hayden got hurt very, very, very shortly afterwards. And then, well, just like that, Washington's offense, their passing game, opens up entirely with with J.D. McKissick just hooping on Vince Williams because Vince Williams can't guard. But, but, but I will say, but I will say Washington did play a great game and they deserve to win that game. It's simple as that. But let's talk about Pittsburgh's injuries and what they mean for the future of the Steelers to finish out this season. Robert Spillane, knee injury, out for a few weeks. Joe Hayden, concussion, out for some time. Bud Dupree is Bud Dupree is currently already out for the season with with an with an ACL with an ACL tear. So where does that leave Pittsburgh to finish off this season? Because Pittsburgh has Buffalo, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Cleveland. Those are three really good teams. And then there's the Bengals, but there's are three really good teams. So where does that leave Pittsburgh? This week against the Bills is going to be a tough one for them. It's going to be a very tough one for them because you don't have Joe Hayden on Stephon Diggs. I think Steven Nelson will be back, though. I'm not too sure on that. But you don't have Joe Hayden on Stephon Diggs, and you don't have Robert Spillane. So, well, there goes the uh, there goes the option for a potential QB spy versus Josh Allen, who can run. And Devin Singletary and Zach Moss can now run, can now run free. They can run free, and they can be utilized so very well in the passing game. So... So I do think Pittsburgh's defense will take a noticeable dip during these next few weeks while Spillane and Hayden um, get healthy. But but this begs the question, can the offense be consistent? Can Pittsburgh's offense follow through with the end of the season and hopefully remain the one seed? Because, because you know, Pittsburgh will make the playoffs. That is simply going to happen. If it doesn't, I will be shocked beyond belief that an 11-5 team does not make the playoffs. This is talking about worst-case scenario. Let's say Pittsburgh loses out. But but I do think Pittsburgh is essentially a lock for the playoffs. So 
Pittsburgh just needs to nurse the injuries, but having that first round bye is huge for the Steelers because Pittsburgh has not had a bye week yet. They have not had a mini bye week yet. They are simply going off of no rest. So, so can the offense be consistent? The Bills defense is not very good. The Bengals defense, pretty fucking bad. Colts defense, great. Browns defense, very good. Do I think they can be consistent? Yes. Do I think that it will happen? Yes. I think the Steelers offense will step up now with James Conner and Marquise Pouncey both back. Now, I hope Pittsburgh feels feels as if that they can rely on their rushing game because they need to. And well, Big Ben needs to he needs to take more risks. And I'm not saying just throw the ball downfield because I see them do that way too much and it just doesn't work. I'm saying he needs to take more shots. He needs like, I think there should be more designed plays for big gains because Pittsburgh has an offense full of a bunch of five, 10 yard passes. And granted, that may work versus the Bengals. It may work versus the Jaguars. Actually worked for a long time. But then when you play a defense like Washington, like the Ravens, like the Colts coming up, that may not work very, very well. And I think that Pittsburgh very well should implement some plays to put some deep shots in. That's not just a streak route to like chase Claypool. Like, 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 no, have some designed plays for deep balls because this offensive line can protect then just have like Ebron lurking around just in the middle. Have 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 James Conner like pass block for a second or two. Then if and then just go out for a small route, then Big Ben can just dump it off to him. Pittsburgh needs this offense to be consistent because the defense may be very wonky here soon. They may be very wonky. It may not be too pretty versus the Bills. That defense, I don't think, will be very pretty versus the Bills. That's a little hint to prediction Saturday when I make my prediction for the Steelers-Bills game. It may not be too good because with Spillane and Hayden out, now teams, teams, teams' passing, teams' passing offense just gets so much better. And well, you gotta play Josh Allen, a potential MVP candidate. He won't win the MVP, but you know, he's up there. So, yeah, Pittsburgh's in a very strange spot right now with some injuries. They're in a very strange spot with their offense right now. And, well, can they do it? Let's see. Because because I do, I think they'll hold on to the one seed. No, they'll probably win. I'm like, they'll probably lose one of these three games. If I had to bet on it, they'd probably lose to the Bills. So, I do think they'll lose one of the games. But, can that offense be consistent? I guess we'll see. Moving on to my power rankings. Let's just get right into it with number 32. That is the New York Jets. We saw it coming. Number 31, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number 30, Cincinnati Bengals. 29, the Dallas Cowboys. We all saw the... We all saw those coming. There is no surprise there. At number 28, though, we do have the Chicago Bears, who plummeted in the power rankings because, well, 
This season, they've had no offense, so there's been no surprise there. But now their defense is giving up 41 to the Packers and 30-plus to the Lions. That's not good. Essentially, now you have no team. At number 27, you have the Los Angeles Chargers. They got shut out 45-0 to by a team that doesn't really have an offense. At number 26, you have the Philadelphia Eagles. They have a very tough schedule coming up, and they have a second-round rookie in at QB. At number 25, we have the Detroit Lions. Hey, they pulled off a great comeback versus, versus, versus Chicago in their first game without Matt Patricia. Good for them. Number 24, Denver Broncos. They played hard. They played really hard versus the Chiefs. They gave them a they 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 did give him a close one so i give props to them at at number 23 we have the atlanta falcons the falcons they had a close one versus the saints but i think we all knew the whole time yeah the falcons aren't winning this number 22 we have the houston texans the texans are one botched snap away from sitting at five and seven being on a very good run and beating the indianapolis colts so so as I think it's evident that they're not making the playoffs, they have no reason to tank because they don't have a draft pick. So you might as well just keep on winning games and hope for the best. At number 21, you have the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers, yeah, this is where they sit. I think they're the best of the kind of bad teams. So yeah, excuse me. At, at number 20, you have the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners have a defense that is very good. Granite granite versus versus the bills they weren't very good and they don't have an offense that's been known for a while now at number 19 we have the washington football team hey they beat the they beat the 11 and 0 pittsburgh steelers they pulled it off and their defense looked incredible in the meantime at number 18 we have the new england patriots <laughs> their their defense looked incredible last week versus the chargers the Patriots are such a weird, fascinating team to me because they can throw the ball for 60 yards and still find a way to win the game. It's fucking awesome. At number 17, we have the New York Giants. A huge win versus huge win versus Seattle. They've won, I think, four straight now. If I'm not mistaken, it could be three straight, but they're on a win streak right now. At number 16, we got the Minnesota Vikings sitting at six and six. The Vikings have had some very close calls recently. They they may not be a great team in my eyes, but hey, they're winning football games. That is all that matters. As 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 long as you win, who gives a fuck? Moving on to the top half of the list. At number 15, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. They got absolutely dogged by the Falcons last week and were one terrible play call away from losing to the Jets so I do think they're the worst of the you know the pretty good teams at number 14 we have the Arizona Cardinals I'm still holding out hope for this team I know they've lost a few games straight it's not looking too good in Arizona I do think that the inexperience is beginning to show from Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury now losing oh damn they've lost four of their last five they're a Hail Mary away from losing five in a row that's not pretty. Moving on to number 13, I got the Miami Dolphins. I loved when Coach Flores went onto the field and essentially tr confronted a player for doing a dirty hit onto Jakeem Grant. I wish I would have talked about that on Headline Monday, 
but yeah, that was awesome. Brian Flores, I couldn't, I come, I commend you for that. The Dolphins defense has looked very, very good. And their offense, well, it'll continue to be kind of below average. At number 12, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not a big Tampa believer right now. I'm not at all. But but a win against the Vikings, a convincing win against the Vikings may very well change that. At number 11, I have the Baltimore Ravens. I, I still think the Ravens have a top-tier defense. And, you know, they showed on Tuesday that their offense can still run the ball. They were playing a historically bad rushing defense. But you know what? They can still run the ball. At number 10, I got the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, nah, Russell Wilson just... I didn't think his turnovers would be a consistent thing. But I think that's just a thing now. So, uh, yeah, they're scoring 12 points against the Giants, you know? That's not a pretty sight to see. Like the Giants have a fine defense. Don't get it wrong, but well, that's that is that's not pretty. Number nine, Indianapolis Colts. I love their defense. Who the fuck doesn't? But their offense, hey, you know, it's all right. Their their team's pretty good. What, what can I say? At number eight, I have the Tennessee Titans. Well, they were embarrassed during that first half versus the Browns, but I mean, they clawed back simply the best way they could, scoring 28 second half points. Was some of it garbage time points? Yeah, yes, but I mean, technically, they still had a shot. So I still think this team can go on to a run, and I think they have Jacksonville this week. Um, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking. Yes, 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 yes. They had, they, they have Jacksonville and then the Lions. Those are two, those are two games to bounce back in. At number seven, I have the Los Angeles Rams. They had a very, very convincing win versus, versus the Cardinals. I'm excited to talk about the Thursday night football matchup tonight, but between them and the Patriots. But this Rams team, I'm not, I mean, they're good. They have a great defense. They have a great defense. Their offense is just so weird to me. They have a very, very weird offense, but I mean, they can score points. They did score 38 last week. At number six, I have the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, they are nine and three. I didn't think I'd say that. I just didn't think I'd say that. And they're not even utilizing their passing game to its fullest extent. But if Baker Mayfield is having a, if Baker Mayfield is having an on day, it'll be hard to beat this team. Because let's just say if Baker goes on, because the Browns are gonna make the playoffs. Don't fucking knock on wood. But let's say if the Browns make the playoffs, because I could see the Browns falling out because they're the Browns. I say if Baker gets hot come playoff time, maybe a team doesn't stop them. The Browns are a very good football team. They are they are nine and three, and they have the best rushing attack. Oh, they have the best dual threat running backs in the NFL. Moving on to number five, I have the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are looking good. The Packers are looking very very good. Scoring 41 versus the Bears and 30 versus the Eagles. We do have Aaron Rodgers, who's in strong MVP consideration. At number four, I have the Buffalo Bills. I'm back on this team. I know like, what was it, probably like five weeks ago, like a month ago, I was not very high on this team. But then they beat Seattle. They were a Hail Mary from beating the Cardinals. 
they beat the Chargers and now they beat a great defense in the 49ers. I'm excited to see what they do against Pittsburgh. At number three, speaking of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has fallen to the number three spot. They went from number one to number two. Now they sit at number three. I think there are too many question marks with the injuries. And then when you look at their offense being being inconsistent, they have a tough schedule coming up. I don't think I can put them at number two. I simply don't think so. There are too many question marks. At number two, though, the New Orleans Saints sit there for the first time this season. The Saints... I don't know when Drew Brees comes back. I kind of wish I did, but I'm almost certain that Taysom Hill will play this week. And Taysom Hill is looking very good. And the Saints have one of the most underrated defenses, especially pass rush, in the NFL. At number one, we all saw it, we all saw it coming. I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I like the Chiefs are my Super Bowl favorite. I don't see anyone stopping them. They are a team that's just, it's hard to stop. When you have the best passing attack we've seen in a very, very long time. And you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, who I'm pretty sure are both top five. Top five for receiving yards in the NFL. That's insane. That is just that is just insanity. That was the power rankings. That was that. Let's move on to the Thursday night football preview. Then I'll talk about some college football news. Talk about some NBA news, then we'll get the hell up out of here. Thursday night football tonight. The Los Angeles Rams go on against the New England Patriots. A rematch of the 2018 Super Bowl. I think it like the game happened in 2019, but it's the 2018-2019 Super Bowl. And the Patriots look a lot different. The Rams they kind of look different. They don't have Gurley anymore. But I mean, even then, Gurley didn't even play much that Super Bowl. They had, oh, dude, that was the CJ Anderson run. That was such a genuine thing. Oh my God. The CJ, I forgot about the CJ Anderson few games where he just popped off. Uh, let me digress though and talk about this game. This game, the Rams defense is better than it was then, and especially in the rush defense. The Rams rush defense is top three in the league. And then you look at the Patriots. The Patriots can't throw the ball for shit. They have a top three rushing offense. Like their whole scheme is a rushing offense. And I say if the Patriots even want to throw the ball, they have to go against Jalen Ramsey. That's not pretty. That's not a good idea to me. So who do I think takes this one? The way the Patriots will have to win is forcing turnovers. We all know this. That's that's how you beat the Rams. You force them to you force turnovers. And well, the Rams just lost to the 49ers because they had a great defense and they forced turnovers. The Patriots have won four of their last five. They've won four of their last five, including a 45-0 stomp out of the Los Angeles Chargers. Can they carry that momentum? I think they can. I got the Patriots beating the Rams in this one because I think the Rams, I think Jared Goff, I think Bill Belichick and the crew are gonna force turnovers. We just saw the 49ers do it. And I think the Patriots have a better coaching staff. No disrespect to the 49ers defensive coordinator. He should get a job this offseason. He he really, really should. But yeah, I mean, I think that the Patriots have a better defense 
And I think they potentially have a better defensive scheme. So, yeah, the Rams. And it comes to the Rams when their offense is on, their offense is on. That is what that is. But I don't think their offense will be on. And can the Rams win a low-scoring game? I'm looking through their games right now. I mean, they beat the Giants. I'm like, they beat the Giants 17 to 9. They beat the Bears 24 to 10. I didn't even know that the 49ers swept, swept, swept that series. I didn't even realize that. But I mean, we've seen the 49ers beat them twice through turnovers. We saw the Dolphins beat them through turnovers. I think the Patriots will do the exact same thing this week with a prime time win over the Rams. Do I think that it will be a pretty win? No, not at all, because the Rams have a great defense and the Patriots, they're probably going to turn the ball over too. But, but, but I must say all in all, I think the Patriots can force more turnovers and I think when it comes to a low-scoring game, I don't see the Rams beating the Patriots at that. I don't see it happening. Give me the Patriots tonight. Moving on to, to some college football news. Ohio State and Michigan was canceled by Michigan. They have like something like 25 starters out. It is actually insane. And um that that made that that made the Buckeyes a 5 and 0 team. And to contend for the Big Ten Championship, you have to play six games. So, so, and something that was brought up. Actually, there are two things that were brought up. A potential Texas A&M versus Ohio State matchup because Texas A&M versus Ole Miss has been postponed due to COVID concerns. And that is Ole Miss's problem, not Texas A&M. So, we could have potentially saw a top five matchup. That's right, Texas A&M is ranked five. We could have potentially seen a top five matchup, a huge game for the college football playoff committee to to go off of. But, you know, instead, the Big Ten kind of just gave Ohio State some treatment there and said, ah, nah, we'll just change the rule. Y'all can uh, y'all can play in the championship against Northwestern. And I don't like that they did that. I don't like that they did that. I think what the Big Ten should have done is they should have contacted other conferences and said, hey, can 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 this team play your ranked team so we could see if our team is better and we can get two six games to potentially play for the Big Ten championship? That would have been awesome. That is what's good in football. We saw that in BYU versus Coastal on like three days notice, BYU went to Myrtle Beach, and they had an incredible game. Why couldn't Ohio State do that? Why couldn't the Big Ten do that? I know why, because they're a bunch of fucking pussies. That's that's exactly why. I wish the Big Ten would have just said, hey, just call it the SEC. And say, hey, how's that How's that Ole Miss versus A&M game looking? Oh, well, we should play each other, and that would be awesome. For both teams, we could watch a great matchup. Then let's just say who wins. They're guaranteed to the playoff. They're essentially guaranteed in. Actually, except for A&M, we got to see what happens with the SEC Championship. But yeah, actually, not that they'd be in it to begin with because Bama's going to be in it. But let's just say potentially if Bama loses to Florida, then A&M has already beat Florida. Then, you know, there's a 
then you know there's a discussion to be made there you get what i'm saying but yeah i really wish that they did not give ohio state treatment there i really wish that they didn't i'm definitely upset that they did not just say hey let's play a game during the army navy week or let's play a game on thursday night of that week or 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 if you don't think that you can compete with the nfl then just play it sunday night you won't get you won't be in the way of the army navy game just don't play it at like 3 30 that's all you gotta do but 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 they did change the rule i'm upset at it because we won't see a great football game but i'm also upset at it because let's just say if rutgers were five and zero right now and they were in this spot they wouldn't get that treatment they they i was like come on they the only teams that could get that treatment are the teams that can get ratings and get money that is ohio state michigan penn state and potentially michigan state i'm disappointed i'm disappointed in the big 10 because i mean as i already said i was really hoping for a great game the way byu and coastal did it but you know we didn't get that so yeah sucks sucks to suck we did not get a great game but ohio state they haven't had covid actually no they did have covid problems they did that one week they should they should be they should try to play a game it's so weird they're just getting treatment because they're ohio state the same way michigan would get treatment the same way penn state would get treatment if they were in the same spot do you want to know why because they drive in ratings moving on to some nba news there is a little bit of LeBron and Kyrie drama that went down probably over the course of last week. I'm kind of late to the party on this one, but you know, I will paraphrase. Kyrie said, Kyrie said last week, I, I don't know what he said it on or if he was on a podcast or something, but I do know that he essentially said it feels good to have a teammate that you can have that can like make the clutch shots too. And then, well, that's a direct shot at LeBron James because he's because he's obviously alluding to having KD on the team. And, you know, he's not wrong. Kyrie and KD can both take shots. But not calling LeBron clutch is a little questionable. It's definitely a little weird. But, yeah, like saying, saying that LeBron cannot take those shots, then LeBron basically said, you know, hey, that... Hey, you know, like that hurt, like that hurt. Then he was basically going on to say how he wanted Kyrie to win the MVP the whole time that they're at Cleveland. Do I fully buy that? I think LeBron's a good dude, so I do kind of buy it. But on the other hand, this is a great opportunity to make him look a lot better. But I mean, I think LeBron's a great guy. Like he opened the I Promise School. Like he's a good fucking guy. So yeah, there is a little bit of drama there because you know Kyrie just took a shot at LeBron for you know seemingly no reason. He <laughs> like, like I know that they weren't like best buds like off the court. I they didn't get along too well because they're two stars on the same team. It's hard to coexist. And uh, yeah, I mean shit, dude. I mean y'all are like that was just kind of. Like, that was just kind of mean, dude. Then Braun was just like, damn, man. I thought we were cool. I th- <laughs> so, you know, I don't know when the Nets and Lakers play. When I looked it up, they played in February. So, yeah. Hopefully, 
soon enough. By the time we get there, hopefully it'll be a pretty good game. And also, the NBA preseason starts tomorrow, so we will start seeing some guys in action. Obviously, there won't be any great games, but you know we will start seeing some young guys in action, and I'm excited to see that. Moving on. I already finished the episode, but the moment I finish recording, I hop on Twitter for a few minutes, and I see there's a bunch of James Harden news. So let's talk about more James Harden. As boring as that is, let's talk about more James Harden. Because Shams has reported that James Harden has added the Heat and the Bucks to his preferred trade destination list alongside the Nets and um, who's the other one? The 76ers. Yeah. And it turns out with the uh, with any potential deal with the Nets, the Rockets want Kyrie or KD in any offer for James Harden. That's how you do business, Rockets. Good fucking job. Don't allow them to get all three of them. But I would like to talk about the Heat and the Bucks real quick because what the fuck would the Bucks trade for James Harden? They already gave the house for Drew Holiday. They gave up like three first round picks and two pick swaps with um with a uh, Bledsoe. They might have given up some more for that. Actually, yeah, they gave up George Hill too, who's on the Thunder now. Like, dude, who who would they give to the Rockets? Dante Divincenzo, who I don't even. I think he's still on the team. He because I think he was part of that Bogdan deal that got um that got off the table but yeah the bucks what the hell would the bucks give them brooke like brooke lopez like dude the bucks i'm sorry it's not happening because listen the bucks you got drew holiday like you gave up too much for drew holiday but hey at least you got drew holiday they would have to wait until the trade deadline to really do something with that and they don't even have any picks so so it'd be like drew holiday and Brooke Lopez for like James Harden, which obviously the Rockets are smart enough not to do that because when it comes to the Nets, they're saying, hey, you know, we want Kyrie, excuse me, Kyrie or KD. Then, you know, let's talk about the Heat. I don't want the Heat to do this at all. Like, I don't want the Heat to do this, not because it would ruin the NBA to have Harden and Butler together. No, 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 no. I really like this Heat team. I love because it's so rare for an NBA team to be homegrown. That's a weird way to explain it. But to like build through the draft and they got their superstar in, in Jimmy Butler, it's rare for that. We saw the Warriors do it. We saw the Nets were doing it. And then they essentially blew it up for uh, Kyrie. For, for, um, what's his name? Kyrie and KD. I wish, I wish they would have kept D'Lo. Because that team was fun, and if him, Dinwiddie, Levert, and Allen grow together and get a lot better, they would probably get another good draft pick. They would get a- another good player. I wish they would have done that. Just like the problem with the NBA is that there are no homegrown teams. We saw the Heat do that. Granted, you know, they did get Jimmy Butler during free agency, but but they already had Bam. They had Hero. They had Robinson. They had Drogic. They had Olenek and fucking miles and like myers leonard i don't even know why i'm talking about them but yeah i want more homegrown teams so so i don't want the heat to do that because i like this heat team 
They built through the draft and then they brought in Jimmy Butler and it worked. I want more NBA teams to do that. I'm tired of seeing just all these superstars going this way and that way. I want to see more teams build through the draft. That looks, that sounds awesome to me. But, shut up computer. But what would the Heat give them? I don't think the Heat are going to give up Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and a boatload of picks. And they're not giving up Bam. They already extended him. They're obviously not. That's like they're obviously not giving up Jimmy Butler. Like what they could give him is Tyler Hero and a bunch of picks. Maybe who else do they have? Do they have a young? And they have a draft pick. And like maybe they're rookie from this year. I'm not big on the NBA draft, especially like past the lottery. So excuse me if I'm wrong on this but i'm pretty sure that they had a pick there they might have picked someone that the rockets like so maybe they get whoever they picked with their first round pick in tyler hero and like two first rounders and then that might be a deal but i don't want the heat to do that it is obviously that james harden wants to win a championship it's obvious that he does not think that he could do it in houston and yeah I think the most likely scenario is that he's traded to the 76ers. There's already Daryl Morey there. I think potentially Ben Simmons could come over to um I think Ben Simmons could could come over to Houston, attach a first round pick to him. Then you got a core of Ben Simmons, John Wall, C- Christian Wood, and um I guess Boogie Cousins if you want to put him in right now. But yeah, I felt the need to talk about that because what the fuck would the Bucks give to the Heat? I mean, excuse me, not the Heat, the Rockets. They already did the thing for Drew Holiday. They're not gonna, like, that's like, this isn't my league on 2K. You can't just trade Drew Holiday like that. There are actual, like, rules to this thing. I'm sorry, the Bucks aren't getting them. It's not happening. And if they do get them, then the Rockets are getting fleeced. Simple as that. Um, the Nets, they're not getting them. If they want Kyrie or KD, like unless Levert has like a major jump this year, then they could get them. But um, yeah, the Heat, like the Heat could get them. I think the Heat could get them. I don't want them to because I really like the Heat. Heat, I love their culture. I love what they're doing down in Miami. I love it so much. I want them to keep it so badly. I don't want them to, but if but if they wanted to, I think they could get James Harden. And the Bucks, the fuck are they gonna give him? And then sorry, the 76ers, they could give him Ben Simmons. It depends if the Rockets are big on Ben Simmons with the new administration. So uh yeah. I can't find the stock. And I must say, from every week. From next headline Monday, or maybe not next next headline Monday, but the next headline Monday, I will be doing I will be having NBA power rankings weekly on headline Monday once the season starts. There will be one preseason one, and then you get the gist. There'll be one every week. So yeah, I'm excited to do that. Um yeah. Uh, how I want to do the podcast from here is Headline Monday, news, Newsline Thursday, and then Prediction Saturday. Those will be the three weekly shows until I figure out something better to do. Because, because like the spacing, it's a little weird, it's a little questionable, but I haven't thought of anything better. So, yeah. 
that's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. If not, share it with your friends. Follow me on Twitter at stutteringprods, that's stuttering P-R-O-D-S, and Instagram at stutteringsportguy. I changed the name because I figured the last one was a little too complicated, so I changed it to stutteringsportguy. I might start posting on there again. I should. I probably will. But yeah. Um, I hope you enjoyed this edition of Newsline Thursday, and uh, yeah, I'll be back on Prediction Saturday to talk about college football matchups too. I'm doing that. I'm trying to expand from only NFL. Woohoo! Yeah! Woohoo! What an ending! Whoa! The fireworks are going off. This is fucking cringy.